I think that's something that we don't let ourselves have ever, you know, Uh, whether you're a caregiver in my situation, whether you're a mom, whatever it is, there's never a time where you just find someone just for you. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Kappa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Ladies, today is a super exciting interview for me because it's so poignant to what I've been through and this person has been through a lot of stuff too and they came into my life right on the cusp of when everything was changing in my life. It is Becca Aker from The Wally Show. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but when I went to Nashville two years ago, right before my life basically imploded, I got to meet everyone on The Wally Show. I've been a fan of this show for 13 years, I think. I've been through every inception of the show that they've had, and Becca is one of the co-hosts on that show. And man, she has been through some stuff in the last three and a half years, you guys. Her husband has been chronically ill. They have dealt with so many things, and yet she's been able to maintain who she is and who she's able to represent on the air and with her faith and everything. And I'm so excited because this conversation dives really deeply into how you survive these long periods of stress for both of us and then specifically from her perspective as a caregiver. And I know that a lot of you have dealt with that caregiver role before or are currently right now. And so I think that what she has to offer for just like the simple things of how to get through these times to the deeper faith issues is profound and wise beyond her years. And I just can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. I really think that we could have talked all day long and I'm so excited for the budding friendship that this has really started for Becca and I, but I've been wanting to have her on the show actually for a really long time and it just kind of all fell into place for right now. So I am so excited for you guys to get to hear it, but be sure you actually also hop over onto Instagram because every week I'm hopefully going to be having all my guests on as special guests on Instagram as well, where they will actually be sharing and showing how they're currently cultivating loveliness in their lives. And so it's kind of an extra little fun thing that we're doing that you probably want to check out. And then if you subscribe to me also on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa, that is where we are doing a twice a week morning show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you didn't know that this week, it's super fun. It's all about like fall fashion and makeup. And on Thursday, tomorrow, morning. It's all about what we have in our bag for fall. So it's just a fun show. Sometimes it's a little bit more serious where we're talking about, you know, readjusting our routines for fall and meal plans. That's what we were doing last week. But it's got a whole calendar of topics that we are doing on these lives every single month. We have the other three days of the week in the Patreon community where you can see those live shows. And if you actually want the schedule of everything that we're going to be talking about, you can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash cultivate 
motivating the lovely. Now, if you just fall in love with the morning show and it's something that just helps you get your day going, then you can be a part of it five days a week by becoming a patron. You only have to subscribe at the $3 level to be able to get in there every single day, but it's a ton of fun. It's an amazing community of ladies who pray for each other, talk together, discuss bigger topics, and it really is kind of the inside circle. Those are the ladies who get a much more intimate picture of the things that are going on in my life, and I just get to be a little bit more free and fun with them. So if you want to be part of that, then you've got to come over to Patreon, patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. But we do get pretty real in this episode as well, and so I hope that you really enjoy my chat with Becca Aker. Welcome, Becca. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mackenzie. I am so excited to be having you here today because I've actually been considering asking you to be on the show for probably a year now. (laughs) And then we just connected on Instagram and I was like, okay, now is the time. Now is the time to ask her. And you're even deeper into everything now. So I'm sure you've got even more amazing insights to bring us. But you guys, Becca is on my favorite podcast, favorite radio show, but I listen to it as a podcast. You guys have heard me talk about it multiple times. I went and visited the show two years ago. She is one of the co-hosts on The Wally Show. It's just, it's my favorite. I've been listening to it since it was uh, what uh, Total Access. So it's been since my oldest son was a baby. However long they had it is how long I've listened to it. And when I got to go meet Becca two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, it was right on the cusp of my life imploding like days before. And it was such an honor to be able to meet them, especially to have that experience right before my life like went up in flames. But Becca has been going through a lot of crazy things too for the past three and a half years. So I thought we could have a really good conversation today about dealing with prolonged stress and expectations and how things impact your faith. But Becca, would you like to just kind of introduce yourself and give an idea of people who you are? Give people an idea of who you are. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So as Mackenzie said, I work on the Wally show. That's my full-time job. Uh, and it's funny when Mackenzie talks about like coming to visit, Mackenzie's one of the few visitors that just really stuck in my memory. And so every Aww. time I'd see her name pop up on Instagram, I'm like, man, I wonder how she's doing. Cause I kind of knew that everything was imploding around that time, or she at least alluded to it and then later followed up and said, yeah, this is what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been fun to watch like you from a distance too. As that sounds, we've been stalking each other. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so my full-time job is radio. I work at Way FM on the Wally Show. Uh, we have a podcast. And then my, I guess, other full-time job, you could say, is being <laughs> yeah. a caregiver for my husband. Uh, he got sick three and a half years ago with severe pancreatitis, almost died, went septic, ICU, the whole bit. And for the past three and a half years, he's just been in and out of hospitals, in and out of surgeries. And most recently, this past March, he had his a ma- massive major surgery yeah. to have his half his pancreas removed, his spleen removed, his stomach removed, some intestines, and then there was an emergency surgery to follow up. That There's a lot of medical details, but basically, yeah. if something's gone wrong, it's gone wrong for him. And uh, he right now has a feeding tube, a big open wound that just closed, an ileostomy, and 
uh, it's just been kind of a complicated uh, three and a half years. Yeah, to say the least. Yes. <laughs> so having someone on who can definitely relate to prolonged stress, I couldn't think of a better person than <laughs> you. you. I know, right? I was thinking about it and we kind of talked about this before we got rolling, but it was like, we have a lot of things in common that I would really rather that we did not have in common. Right. Like, we have prolonged stress. I have someone in my life who has major health challenges my brother who has adult onset epilepsy and um, he had an ileostomy, like got an ileostomy, still has it last summer, had all of his intestines removed. Like not, he, luckily he didn't have quite the healing process <laughs> that your husband has had. But I mean, we've just gone through all of these things and both of us, you more so than me, but we've gone through them in a, a pseudo public way. Yeah. And we're both like these personalities where you have to come on and do your job and be able to be there and be present. Like I was mentioning to Becca right before we started, um, you know, a year and a half ago, 45 minutes before I had a live directed voiceover session, my brother had his first major grand mal seizure where we had to call the paramedics and have him taken to the hospital and all this stuff. And then I had to come on and just be there and be in it and do my job. And I know you've had to do that morning after morning after morning. And those are things I'd rather we didn't have in common. Absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah. here we are. Here we are. So I want to just like start this conversation with how you do that. <laughs> how do you keep showing up? Yeah, I think that one of the things that is really helpful in my life is I get to be on a radio show where we get to be real and we yes. get to share our life. I think if I were in a job that was public and I had to just always be buttoned up, mm -hmm. that I think I would have had a major break by now. I'm not yeah. saying I haven't had any breaks yeah. because that certainly happened, yeah. but I have... I've cried on the air multiple times, Yeah, but it's always with sharing my story and just being honest about where I am on any given day. And with doing that, not just doing it because it's throwing myself a pity party, but knowing that others are feeling the exact same thing and then reach yeah. out to me later and say, hey, I'm so glad you talked about this. I know it was hard. I know Wally, who's the guy I do the show with, he teased you about it, but I want you to know I'm going through the same thing. And that just really meant a lot to me. And that's definitely helped the public side of it. I'll also say that I cry in my car a lot. <laughs> a joke I make, but it's so true because there are a lot of days where I'm going from home to work to hospital, to home, yeah. just to sleep. And that's it. And so when I'm at the hospital, I have to be strong for Joey. When I'm at work, I at least have to be 75% professional. Yeah. <laughs> so the in-between times are where I have my hospital playlist and I am just letting it all out and not worrying about what any of the cars around me think and just going with whatever emotion is kind of front of my mind right then. Yeah. I, I think that is so true. Even from like my experience is you kind of have to plan your meltdowns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so unfair, but it's I know true. it's true. It's like, nope, don't got time for that right now. Like got to keep moving. I can do that Friday at four o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I can work in a good, like cry breakdown, you know, whatever I've got to do to be snotty and crazy. And, and then, and then it's like you get it out and then you have to get to that point where it's like, okay, picking myself back up again. Got to keep moving on. Right. And I'll also say that 
one thing too that is is helpful is that work because I have a fun job. Yeah. Uh, if you've listened to our show, we goof around a lot. We have fun, and that kind of lets me escape and kind of gives me permission to have fun because I'm doing it for a paycheck. So that's yeah. also a helpful thing, which I know isn't maybe something that everyone can do, but just finding that thing that even if it's not the traditional fun you'd think of, it's still kind of, you can give yourself permission, I guess, to enjoy it. Yeah. I think those checking out moments are, are definitely helpful. I mean, I know I think about that even like with my voiceover work, doing auditions and stuff, it's kind of that same sort of thing because you have to put yourself in a totally different place. It's like when I did that job after my brother had the seizure, well, I was playing a different person. So right, yeah. I didn't have to think about how I was feeling or what was bogging me down. I was playing Jen, who was excited to be buying a car, <laughs> you know, <it> was like, <laughs> yes. whatever, you know, so, and even when I do voiceover work, but those times, because people a lot of times ask me, like, I don't know if you get this, I would assume that you would, but they'll say like, if I was in your position, I would just be like flat on my face, unable to pick myself up. And a lot of times I'm like, was that an option? Because yeah, exactly. if it had been, I would have loved to have taken it. And but, I'm sure for you too, because you have kids. So yeah. there's, there's zero option of getting to really have that honest to goodness breakdown. Yeah. I mean, and I have, I have time where I don't have them. But even in that time, a lot of the times it's like, I, well, and I'm a three on the Enneagram. So we do a lot of stuffing of the emotions. It's like, I don't want to deal with that right now. <laughs> I want to read a good book and check out from the current situation. You know, like sometimes you just, that, that checking out piece is actually like a coping mechanism. It, like it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. And, and I couldn't agree more on that. And, um, but yeah, like you're saying when people are like, well, I would just be flat on the floor. It's like, yeah, that actually sounds very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Yep. That'd be great. Could someone arrange that for me? Because I don't think that's going to be able to happen. I have people to care for and money to bring in. And, and you don't have kids, but you have your husband who you yeah. are literally caring for. I mean, you've, you've had to be his nurse in a lot of ways. Yeah. I was um, for a while. I'm going to make this as PG <laughs> as possible because it gets rated R. Just trust me on that. Um, I had to dress his wounds after his surgery. And these were like six inch deep wounds that went all the way across his body. And I did not go to med school. I'm in radio. I'm not that smart. Yeah. So um, that was an adjustment. And it, again, it's like, I didn't have the option to just didn't, you know, say, no, I'm not doing that. I had to chew the gum, get over my nausea and just do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and I, I remember talking to my mom about having my brother because, you know, it was a total surprise. It was back in the 80s. They didn't do uh, ultrasound. They had no idea that he was going to have spina bifida when he came out. And she said so much of it was just like, well, like there's no sense in getting upset about it because right. it's got to be done. So I'm just going to learn all the medical things that have to go into it because somebody's got to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they, it's funny in the hospital. Cause they're just like, all right, you're going to do this. I'm going to teach you. Yeah. And if you say no, they just keep him in the hospital forever. And I wasn't yeah. going to live at sure. the hospital for the rest of my life either. So yeah, exactly. So you just, you do what you got to do. But in that, when we've addressed like the, the checking out and the melting down when you have the time and those are all you know, like helpful things, 
but how else, I know you've mentioned some of them, you know, on air and whatnot, but how are you taking care of yourself as a caregiver so that you can keep showing up for him? The most helpful thing is therapy. Yeah. Therapy, 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 therapy. And I have not been great at being consistent with it. I, you know, not always has it made sense cost wise to go Mm -hmm. consistently. Um, but I'm actually recently back in therapy. Um, and that is the best form of self-care as a caregiver that I can give myself because a, it's someone in my life that I can complain to. Yeah. I can't, I can't complain to my husband because, yeah. and, and I do, I mean, we have a great relationship, but our relationship has shifted. And so I don't want to just be bringing everything to him when he's hooked yeah. up to monitors and miserable. And then everyone else in my life are, they're focused on Joey and yeah. To yeah. a certain extent, they should be. So to have a therapist, yes, I have to pay her to pay attention to me, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's so beneficial to just have someone just for me. I can say all of the selfish things in my head and she's not going to judge me. Yeah. She's going to talk me through it. And it's just a totally safe place. And then in turn, she kind of helps me find ways to practice self-care because I'm not yeah. naturally good at taking time for me. So she has yeah. to remind me to be selfish, which is weird. No, I I totally get that. I was so glad to hear that your hubby made you go get a massage last yes. week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ladies, we are fully into the back to school thing. All the activities have now started. We have sunk in deep. And the number one thing I think that you can all do to relieve some of the stress from your life is plan your meals with plan to eat. I recently was talking about plan to eat on Instagram because I love it. I've been using it for five years. And one of my favorite things is that even though I plan all of my meals this summer sitting at ballet, literally on their amazing app, I sat there during ballet camp and planned out two months of meals just sitting waiting for my daughter to be done. And even though it has been a total lifesaver and I've been able to utilize that plan so well, there have been some times that I realized, ooh, maybe this night I need to go with a different type of meal that may be easier or quicker. And because everything in Plan to Eat is just drag and drop, I am able to rearrange my recipes when I need to tweak things so easily. Plus, you guys, there's those time-saving elements when we are out running kids between activities where not only can you use the app to plan, but you've always got your shopping list with you. You've got all of your recipes, and you can really see the kinds of meals that your family knows and loves and that fit your actual meal preferences because you put those meals in there, the ones that you guys have been using for years. That's the most work you have to do with the plan to eat system is get your stuff in there. After that, it works like clockwork. Plus, you guys, you can schedule entire menus. So once you've done planning for a week or a month, you can make it into a menu and repeat it again later, saving you a ton of time and decision fatigue later on. You guys, it's brilliant. They have amazing customer service to help you work out all the kinks. You can even find your friends on there and be able to share recipes, which is another really fun feature. And guess what? You can try it all for 60 days completely free. You don't even have to put in a credit card by just going to plantoeat.com slash lovely. Again, that's a 60-day free trial. Normally, they only give out a 30-day free trial. So you can double that by just going to plantoeat.com slash lovely. But I totally understand that piece of like, but what are you doing for you? Because I have been in counseling for almost two years now. And I mean, I had a lot of unraveling to do because I have PTSD 
from the abuse that I went through in my marriage. Um, but, but even now, even after I've worked through a lot of those things, it's just knowing that every other week I have that person that I can like store up all these things that right. I just like say to somebody and she sits there and she listens and she gives advice when it's appropriate. But there's, it's, it's different. Like you're saying, like everybody in your life is focused on Joey like anyone who's close to you, even people who I talk about these same things to, they have more of an opinion, more of, an, of a slant because they're more invested. When you have a person who can really take that third party perspective because they're not emotionally tied to you, yeah, it, it's just so helpful to have that kind of a perspective on things. Yeah, no, absolutely. The first thing that my therapist said to me was, this is not a transaction where you owe me anything mm. or you have to be afraid of, okay, when we go to lunch next week, am I secretly judging you for the dark thing you told me a week ago? Yeah. That's not this. This is just a space for you and you alone. And I think that's something that we don't let ourselves have ever, you know, yeah. uh, whether you're a caregiver in my situation, whether you're a mom, whatever it is, there's never a time where you just find someone just for you and is yeah. just there for you. And so for me, that was the best self-care that I could practice was having someone else to go to. And my next session's two days away. And I know that because I'm counting it down and I'm so yeah. excited about it. Um, yeah. But yeah. And as you mentioned, Joey made me make, take a massage um, recently and uh, like, he's just scheduled it. And he's like, you're going because that's how bad I am at self-care. Yeah. Uh, so having people in my life to make me is probably the best thing that I can do. Yeah. I think that's a common thing though. I think probably also like especially for moms because moms i think in our culture are they take the martyr card a lot yeah. of the times like i'm going to give up everything and not take care of myself so that my kids can have whatever they need but then we get burnout and unable to give back but i think anybody who's like taking care of somebody you feel like there's somebody else who should be going first and so you constantly are putting yourself on the back burner and i know that was such a game changer for me because like when in the marriage I was in, I was literally told, oh no, if you're a good mom, then you shouldn't need to take care of yourself. What? Like, yeah. Right. You shouldn't need a break. You should just love your kids so much. You don't, you want to spend every waking and non-waking minute with them. It was just, it was super overwhelming. So to come out of that and have people be like, I oh, no, like you're going to be a better mom. You're going to be a better caregiver when you are taking care of yourself, you're doing the little things and the big things to make sure that you're able to keep pouring out. Yeah. Moms are people too. Caregivers yeah. are people too. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it, so, so, so often we get defined to these roles and with, the more you just kind of neglect your needs mm -hmm. and those opportunities to just take time, the worse off you're going to be. And it's just, it's just going to build up and come out somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Yes. For sure. So you, you said you count down to your counseling. That's a huge thing, your therapy. What are the things you do on like the daily basis? Those little things that help you get through from day to day. So one thing that my um, therapist has been working with me is kind of just looking for small things. So it's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of eating. Like this is not <laughs> the healthiest thing I realize, but it's, it's taking just, even if it's a moment to enjoy a Chick-fil-A diet lemonade on my way home and I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to see it as an actual treat. 
I take a lot of baths. Yeah. Like, it's so cliche, but I absolutely love taking yeah. bubble baths. And it's like, I'm going to bring my iPad. I'm going to turn on Netflix for an hour. I'm going to close the door and there's no dog that's going to come in. There's no medical crisis that's going to break yeah. through this. And it's just going to be me. And I found myself even having to, um, you know, when I talked about going from work to hospital to home just to sleep. When I was getting really burned out, I would be like, okay, I need to leave by like seven so I can yeah. actually go home, take a bath, like wind down from the day, especially as an yeah. introvert, take that time with yeah. no one in the room with me needing anything from me and, and just taking a, a second to unwind. Cause that's really the only place that I find myself really being, being able to clear my head, which I think is an important part of finding time for yourself. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And as an extrovert, I've had to learn that that time is still just as important because mm. I can force myself to like want the people interaction, do that, really pour into that to the point where it's like, oh, but wait, I haven't gotten myself like re-centered again and I can't go to sleep because I'm so jacked up because I've been talking to people and I, you know, like totally, I have yeah. to, yeah, force myself to like, okay, no, you have to wind down you have to read a book, you have to do the Netflix thing, you have to do what it takes so that you can even sleep, so that you can rest, so that you can get up and do this again tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny, you, you know, we both mentioned Netflix. It's almost shameful to be like, yes, part of my self-care is watching TV, yeah. but sometimes part of my self-care is watching TV. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just taking, it's just unwinding with, I love like 90 Day Fiance. It's a dumb reality show, <laughs> yeah. but guess what? My brain goes blank when I'm watching yes. it. And I just yes. get to, you know, laugh at whatever's going on and I don't have to think about anything else. Yep. Sometimes the less I have to think about something and like the simpler the story is, yes. the better for me. Because yeah. I, like, I love to read. I've always been a big reader, but there have been chunks of time, like months at a time, especially during the past two years, where as much as I want to be reading, I just can't bring myself to do it because for some reason reading takes more of an investment. Yes. It's, me. it's mental energy. It's calories yeah. you have to burn. Yeah. And if I am going to read something lately, I mean, I have to do a lot of reading for the podcast and that's just a thing, but a lot of the time it's like the dumbest books. Like I want the chick flick you know, rom-com version of a book <laughs> so that there's like gratification at the end. Everybody gets together who's supposed to get together. Things are tied up with a pretty little bow and I can just feel good about somebody's story because mine's not going very well. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you mentioned that because I love to read as well, but I'm reading less during this time. And when I do read, sometimes I'll gravitate towards things I've already read because at least I know yeah. what the story is. And I know, okay, this is going to be a good read and I'm, I can just relax and have fun with it. Yeah. One of my favorite books I read over the summer, which was not a high book count, but it was Waiting for Tom Hanks, which was literally about a girl who loves rom-com so much that she wanted her life to like be like a rom-com. And it was like, perfect. I was like, that's exactly what I need right now. Yep. So you mentioned that your relationship with Joey has changed. Of course, yeah. I'm sure. Like you've been put into this place of being his caregiver. So how have you been able to balance that with being his wife, but also having this other huge role in his life? I'll tell you, it's hard and it's still something I'm trying to figure out. And there are a lot of times I do break down and I 
a lot of my breaking down, it's breaking down in front of him and being like, I miss just being your wife. Yeah. I sometimes feeling like I'm just pigeonholed into being your nurse, being your caregiver, being the person who's always on hold with the insurance agency. Yeah. Um, and so it's still something I'm working through. I'm, I'm honest with him with how I'm feeling because I just want him to know where I am. And he has the same feelings too, because he doesn't like yeah. being the patient. All oh, the time. I bet. Uh, one of the most useful things though, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to bring up therapy a few times, guys. Like Good. I just, I love it, but I've learned so much in it. So any healthy advice I have comes from my therapist. But one of the things that she said is you need to figure out how to separate you from him, from us, from illness. Mm. So what in your life is a you thing? What in your life is your relationship and being married for six and a half years? What in your life is just pure illness? And it has nothing to do with your relationship. It's just how the illness has colored things. Yeah. And so seeing certain things through that lens have helped a lot. Uh, for example, uh, one of the just many side effects of this entire journey is that my husband has become addicted to painkillers. And I say that in a way that he can't stop taking them yet because yeah. he's legitimately in pain. Um, he, he's not an he's addict. He's appropriately addicted. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. that's also still very hard because yeah. there's been such a crackdown on those things. Yeah. And so there's been many weekends where the pharmacy and the doctor, they can't get their act together on a Friday and all weekend he's in withdrawals and yeah. it stinks. I don't like yeah. it at all, but seeing, okay, that's, illness. That's not marriage. That's not even him. Yeah. That's certainly not me. And I can be in that caregiver nurse role right now because that's what he needs from me versus when he has a bad day at work. That's my husband and our relationship and just trying to kind of put things in boxes yeah. to make sure that I'm not coloring everything through the lens of caregiver. Because as much as it poisons almost everything in my life, there are other parts of our personality and our personalities in our relationship that I don't want to lose sight of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're talking about that, like being able to segment those things. I know that in my healing process, I mean, it's from a different perspective. It's from abuse and that sort of thing, but learning how to recognize when triggers are coming my way. And like, because I have an actual physiological response to things. I mean, I have TSD. Sure. So when certain things happen or certain responses happen, like my heart races, my, I start sweating. I like, and before, before I left, before I had counseling, even though those things were happening and like in the back of your mind, you know, they're happening. You don't really recognize them for what they are. And yeah learning to recognize those things and be like, oh, I am having this reaction right now because I've been triggered because it's this thing. It's still a reaction. It's still there, but being able to put your finger onto it and like put a name to it, yeah, I think is so helpful in dealing with the stress that you're receiving, <laughs> like being able to put those labels on things, just like you're saying, like, this is the illness where this is my husband, like being able to get those things straight in your mind and file them away, like appropriately, I think is so important just for your daily sanity. Absolutely. And it doesn't make, you know, for you, your reactions go, go away because those are legitimate reactions. For me, it doesn't make, you know, necessarily the caregiver stress 
and yeah. easier, but it allows me to see it for what it is. Yeah. And to be able to to not be like, oh my gosh, he loves me less because he's going through withdrawals. No, he's just going through withdrawals. Yeah. You know, the the yeah. end. That that's all there is to this specific moment. And I can kind of at least wrestle through it a little bit easier. Yeah. And it, I'm going to bring this up because I ended up bringing up in every episode, I feel like, <laughs> but I'm a big fan of the Enneagram Yes, and you're in Nashville. So I'm sure you're surrounded oh by a lot goodness. of it. It's Enneagram central here. Yes, it totally is. I actually had somebody who didn't know where I lived and I said something about the Enneagram and they were like, are you from Nashville? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's like, fantastic. No. But I've been there. So, you know, whatever. But I, I think that the Enneagram has helped me in relationships also for the same kind of reason, because I can kind of put labels on like, oh, this person who is this different personality type than I am is reacting to the same thing in this other way that normally would just frustrate me. <laughs> like a lot of times I think of my mom, she's a six. And so it's like worst case scenarios and, you know, preparing for, you know, gloom and doom and all of that. And it used to just drive me bonkers to the point where I was just like, I can't, I just can't do this with you. But now being able to see like, oh, like it still, it still can get on my nerves, but it's because that's how she's wired. She's yeah. not trying to be frustrating. She's not trying to make this process harder. This is how she is coping with this same stress, which is different than I do. But being able to put a label on it, I can have more grace with her. I absolutely agree. And I've recommended to other people going through things to find out your Enneagram. You know, if you're a caregiver, if you're married and having issues there, find out your spouse's Enneagram because it helps yeah. so much. And it helps even just to know how to be able to encourage the other person. Yes. You can articulate your needs and then you can lift them up. So I'm, I'm an Enneagram four. We're all emotion, yes. um, which I've actually found more helpful in my journey than anything. Yeah. Uh, my husband is a three. So he's the achiever, the performer. Um, and one of the things that he suffered with a lot is as he's gotten ill, he's lost his status. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a big thing. part of his identity, it's really. a big part of his identity. And so reminding myself, okay, how can I build him up and remind him of who he is, whose he is, mm -hmm. that, and that that isn't gone. Even though the, some of the status symbols, like his career, might not be what they once were, that he is still, you know, the man I love, that he's still God's, that he's still a lovable human. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I wish I would have had when my kids were babies? An app that would have allowed me to do something more with all those baby photos. Well, now there is one. It's an amazing new app called Precious. Precious scans your photo library for the absolute best pictures of your baby, because you all know you have like a thousand of that one shot. Then it uses those great baby photos to automatically make a monthly milestone collage and a slideshow that shows your baby's growth over time, plus so much more. Plus they kind of take it a step further. Precious offers thousands of cute art options that make memories more convenient and beautiful to create. Precious really does it all for you and it's so incredibly easy to use. It's such a sweet little app, you guys. I love all the different stickers and frames that you can add to your pictures. And when I had a bunch of little kids and babies, man, the convenience factor would have been a game changer for me because there was just never enough time to do this myself. But having an app 
lap would have totally saved me from now wondering where all the baby pictures are that I would love to go back and look at. And if you subscribe to the premium version of Precious, Baby Art Unlimited, you get watermark-free photos and unlimited access to the app's full creative library of over 5,000 stickers, frames, and creative tools. So create heart-melting monthly milestone photos today with Precious. Go to preciousapp.com lovely and start your free three-day trial to Baby Art Unlimited. That's preciousapp.com lovely for your free three-day trial of Baby Art Unlimited. I know for me, like I've had so many amazing friends who have come alongside me in this process and they have poured out and poured out and poured out to me. And it just so happens that all of my closest friends are twos. I must (laughs) just really be gravitated to that for some reason. But there came that point where I could finally, I mean, it's, I'm sure you've kind of felt like this too. Like it's gone on for so long. At some point you have to lift up your eyes and kind of look around you and given back in other ways, like you've, you're taking care of your husband's boss's dog. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, cause you just want to like give back in some way. Yeah. And being able to, when I was kind of finally able to lift my eyes up from the situation and look at my friends who were supporting me, learning about how they feel loved and supported as twos, even though I couldn't do like big grand gestures being able to remember like, oh, if I just like reach out and remember that this thing is happening in their life and ask them about it and invest in those little ways, they, they feel like I'm investing back in them, like even in those small things. And I think that is so helpful. And even dealing with your stress is starting to be able to give back a little bit. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that important part too about building community. And if that helps you build community by just knowing your friends better, which yeah. yes, absolutely it does, then that's also very helpful for your own well-being. Yeah. And I'm so glad we, we got to this community piece because, I mean, obviously you're on this radio show, you, you sit and talk with friends for But I mean, it seems like from the outside looking in and having come and met you guys that you have a really good rapport within the show. And I'm sure you, I mean, you talk about your other friends also, you know, on the show, your cool friend and (laughs) people. So, so obviously there are people around you, you know, how has community played a role in dealing with these last three and a half years for you guys? Man, it has been huge and vital. And it's crazy because I have great coworkers. Um, They're great coworkers and they're great, like real life friends, but sometimes that's not enough. Right. And so I I found very early on that a lot of the friends um, that I'd had for a number of years kind of weren't supporting me the way I needed them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I actually went through the first couple of years of this feeling relatively friendless which was very hard. And so um, we actually moved. So we lived about 45 minutes outside of Nashville up until a year and a half ago. Uh, We now moved further north, closer to the city where a lot of our, at the time acquaintances, but now really close friends live. And that made a huge difference. And I know that that's not reasonable for everyone to move across town, but for us, it was so vital because I can't, you know, make the 40 minute drive on a weeknight to yeah. go have dinner with people. But now when they're five minutes down the road, yeah. I can stop in even for an hour just to talk. I can stop in to say uh, hello just for a little bit. And that's been 
such, such an important thing. Um, one thing that I, I know you mentioned on a recent podcast too, was Marco Polo. Yes. I was just going to bring this up. Oh, it's fantastic because again, in life, sometimes you can't get together face to face, but when you can still have these face to face conversations and it's still on your terms and on your schedule, but then sometimes it works out where you just get to talk in real time. It is so life-giving. And then the other thing that's really made a difference for me, because I know, you know for my first two years, like I said, I, I was just like, well, how am I supposed to just find friends who get this and are willing to put up with this darkness that surrounds my life? Yeah. Uh, but I reached out to people online. Like yeah. you can type anything into Facebook and yeah. you can find a group for it. Yeah. And it sounds cheesy, but there is this girl that lives in Texas. We have never met. We have never even spoken on the phone but we message each other back and forth like crazy because her husband is going through something similar. And so she's the one person I can go to when I'm like, man, insurance is the worst. Am I right? And so we can have conversations about that because she gets my life. So even if that person that is going through the same thing as you isn't geographically close, you can still chase them down and chase down that relationship because it's so helpful to have people who get it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, amen to all of that. I, a lot of people who, who listen to the show know my best friend, Rebecca, lives in Arkansas. We found each other online because of Cultivating the Lovely. And even though she's all the way across the country, we Marco Polo constantly, and she's such a source of support to me, even though she can't be like that in life, tangible support. And I think it's so important to have that balance of both like the long-term friends who are just your friends because they've been your friends and they're in it. And then the people who just really get exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's not dealing with divorce, but I mean, there, (laughs) there are other people who just, I've been able to, to contact. And I think there's that really good balance of having both of those kinds of support in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I found too, that you really just can't have enough of it, you know? Um, so if there's been like people recently where I'm like, man, I just really enjoy talking to you. I'm just going to message you on Instagram more because it's life giving. And I feel better leaving this conversation. I feel more alive after we've talked than I did before. And that's, just been such a good gauge for me for friendships because there are some friendships at the beginning that I would just leave feeling drained and been like, man, yeah. they just, I feel like they took everything from me and I don't have a lot to give right yeah. now. <laughs> totally. I know I had that experience with you when you responded <laughs> and then we ended up having this little back and forth about like some shows we were watching and whatever. And I remember just telling my mom, I was like, oh, it was so fun because it was like somebody who like got what I was talking about with like this show. Exactly. And so fun. Yeah. And sometimes you just need that. You need to be able to talk about the dumb show that you're watching. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah. It's, and it's fun when, when friendships can develop out of those kinds of things. And yeah, even my close friend, like friends who live locally, even Marco Polo has made such a difference in those relationships. I was just talking to a friend this morning who in the past year, they've taken on a foster child and done like a full remodel of their house. (laughs) So all at the same time. Yeah. And she's had to just press in to family a lot. And I'm so grateful for Marco Polo because I wouldn't have been able to keep up with her at all. And she said she was so grateful for her friends who were able to not put like timestamps on like, if I don't see you again in two weeks, then 
our friendship is over, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I need more of you. But it was like the being able to have that give and take. And if Marco Polo is all it can be right now, then that's okay. Yeah. And I, I have I, the friendships that I've built just even sometimes more through Marco Polo than in person yeah. have gotten deeper than some of the ones that I had known for years. Yes. A couple weekends ago, I was just having a really rough weekend. I don't want to talk to anybody. So when I didn't show up on Marco Polo for two days, yeah. my friend Danielle called me which is not normal, our normal way of communication. She's like, Hey, if you don't feel like talking, that's okay. I just need to a check that you are alive and well, that Joey's not like back in ICU or anything. Yeah. Uh, just shoot me a quick text. That's all I need. And that meant so much to me. Cause even though I wasn't wanting to talk at the moment, she cared enough to reach out. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's the way it is with my friend, Rebecca. I've, I've sent out a few of those. Are you alive? Yes. <laughs> like just send up some sort of flag, letting me know you're going to be okay. You know, we can talk about whatever it is later, but it's so true. And also my friends who I've messaged on Marco Polo, I've gotten to know their kids better because they're around in the background. Like when I went to actually visit my friend, Rebecca in Arkansas, who actually you met, you met Rebecca. She was with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when I went to visit her, I knew my way around her house, only it was backwards <laughs> because of Marco Polo. <laughs> helpful, but a little confusing, but I ended up getting it down. And then like my friend Katie, who lives in town, like I've seen her in a shower cap. I've seen like, I've seen situations we normally would not ever see about okay. each other. I'm going to, I'm going to top that. I accidentally Marco Polo my friend from the toilet the other day. <laughs> I did not mean to. It was like a five second Marco uh, with me just blinking into the camera, trying to figure out what was going on. And then later I'm like, I am so sorry. Oh, She's like, Look, I've always been afraid of doing that. I'm just glad it happened to you before it happened. To me. <laughs> I know I panic about that kind of thing. And Rebecca like constantly, I know the wallpaper behind her toilet. I know where she's <laughs> sitting. Yep. She just doesn't say anything about it. But she's just like, whatever. It's like we're sisters at this point. I'm yep. Like, okay. Yeah. There's, there is, a, it, I don't know what kind of magic it is about that Marco Polo app. It just has like all the perfect things. Have, but I got to say, this is a total sidebar. Have you done the like cutting into somebody's conversation? No. Where you like, while the other person is talking, you can press a button. Oh, and yes. Yes. I did it accidentally. And I'm like, what is, what is happening? Because your face just shows up. Yes. Like, it's what like a little this? man at the gate of Oz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the little window. And the first time Rebecca did it to me, I didn't even know it was a feature. And I just flat out got the giggles. Like I could not help myself. I was like, you're literally the gatekeeper of Oz. Like I can't get over it. You just, your head keeps popping into the middle of our conversation. But yeah. There are some bizarre things on the app, the voice changing and the filters yep. and there's games. I haven't messed with there's any of it games? except, yeah, there's like a little icon on the top, right? I've not tried it. I've, I haven't tried it. Maybe when we get it. off of this, we'll have to try to play a game on Marco yes. or something. <laughs> I had no but idea that was a thing. Just the basis of Marco, the community it builds when yeah. uh, in a lot of our lives, we are not great at carving time out for our girlfriends. It's It's just so great when I can talk to my friends while she's chopping up veggies for her toddler, you know, yeah, and it, it just keeps the conversation going and keeps the relationship going deeper. I feel like it's what communities used to have because people used to do life together in a much yeah. more tangible way, but we're all too busy right now. But Marco Polo bridges that gap for that same reason. Like you're doing real life things 
and just bringing someone along while you're talking. And I think that's, that's a total game changer. We actually have um, cultivating communities in our Patreon group for Cultivating the Lovely. And they're ladies that like, I just assigned together to have a group polo. And over the last six months, they've become so close that a lot of them got together and met over the summer. And a lot of them were really leery about doing video messaging. I mean, most people are like self-conscious about being on camera unless you're weird like me and then you just like thrive on it and whatever, I'm a three get over it people but a lot of people were really leery about doing it and then after they did it they're like oh thank you for pushing us into it because it was such a game changer anyway that was a total marco polo tangent but it's just that good no shame no i totally get it ladies my little girls love to read they are magnets for books they love getting to engage with literary material but they still gravitate towards screens and honestly a lot of the time it's hard for me to find new books that they will like and i think a lot of parents struggle with this even though we know that kids who read books have better vocabularies and longer attention spans it can sometimes just be hard to know where to start and that's why every parent needs literati Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids. Literati mails five teacher-approved books to your child every month. It's the book club subscription that teachers buy for their own kids. There's no more guessing or searching or reading the same books over and over and over again. Each Literati book contains five age-appropriate books based on a theme, like The Spirit of Adventure or The Animal Kingdom. It also contains exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child. My oldest daughter, who this was addressed to, absolutely loved that, seeing her name typed out on everything. She got personalized book plates, and the art was beautiful. I was so impressed. I actually want to frame it and put it in my daughter's room. Parents and teachers across the country are seeing the difference in kids' lives because of Literati. One parent shared that after their second grader had been in the Literati book club for about a year, they were reading at a fifth grade level, and she's now an insatiable reader. And each month, out of the five books they send you, you just buy the ones that you actually want. Returning the rest is easy and free. For a limited time, go to literatibooks.com and use the promo code LOVELY for $20 off your first box. Plus, kids three and up get a special black light pen. My kids absolutely love these things. This is their best offer available anywhere, guys, but to get it, you have to go to literatibooks.com and use the promo code LOVELY for that $20 off your first box, plus that free black light pen for the kids three and up that they're absolutely going to love. Literatibooks.com, promo code LOVELY. Okay, but getting back to like the brass tacks of dealing with stuff, I, I know that for me... I am a planner. I, I like to like cast visions of what the future is going to be and how we're going to get there. And I just, I love planning things and prepping things. And through the past two years, I've had to learn over and over and over again that I can't do that. I can't have this long-term vision because I never know even what next week can bring. I never know when we're going to be in court again about something else and something's going to change that is completely out of my control. And you never know when you're going to be in the hospital again or when the next, like I know you, you've seemed to have held back some of those hopes, it seems like, from the last couple of times you guys have had to go because it can just be so hard to have those hopes and plan for things. Would you just talk about kind of how you handle those situations? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's so true that it's, it's so hard to look forward to things, to be hopeful when a, we're, we always end up in the hospital um, and B when, when we assume, you know, things are going one way, it just, it never, his trajectory towards healing has never just been a straight line up. Yeah. A tiny little lineup and then a deep dip down. Yeah. So finding hope and having hope is has been a nearly impossible thing. Um, it, most recently, the probably the biggest blow lately was um, for work. I was supposed to take a cruise to Alaska with yeah. all expenses paid. Um, working, but I mean, you're on a boat in Alaska. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. And he ended up in the hospital on the day when I had to give him a decision. Cause they're like, are you really going? Cause he's been pretty sick again and we don't yeah. know how this is going to work out. So that was, that was a big blow. It was so bad that for two months afterwards, this is going to sound so dramatic <laughs> or one month afterwards, I guess it's going to sound so dramatic, but I um, would say, oh, you know, the C-R-U-I-S-E. Like I couldn't <laughs> even bring myself to say it. That's how yeah. devastated I was. And so um, I, again, therapist, I told you it'd be a theme. Yeah. This is one of the things that, you know, I brought up with her and she's like, do you think it's a coping mechanism though, to not get your hopes up? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, it totally is. And that's not necessarily healthy either because as humans, we thrive on hope, you know, and it's one of the core foundations of our faith and you just, you can't live without it. And so on a practical level, one of the big things that I've, have been told to start doing is finding little moments that I can get my hopes up about. Yeah. Like, can you go get a McDonald's diet Coke today? Yes. Look <laughs> forward to that. You know, yeah. we yeah. don't have to set our sights on Alaska and on vacations where you have to make sure that he's going to be stable enough to travel. Let's set our sights on those moments again of self care that you can look forward to. And then on the deeper level, it's, it's so easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But just making sure that my hope is so deeply rooted in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I say that as someone who struggles with it a lot of days because it just feels so shaky. But that's the one firm foundation in my life. I, I grew up in church and I'm thankful for that because it's that rock solid thing that I've found myself able to latch on to. And like, okay, there's a lot of stuff I can't put my hopes in and I don't know what you're doing right now, God, but I've seen you be good in my life before. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to trust you and, and know that deep within my core somewhere, there is hope that you're going to carry me through all of this. Yeah, no, I, I so get that because it's like, I still, it's hard. (laughs) I like, I still believe you are God. I still believe that you have control that I, I, I believe, I just don't know if you're going to do what I hope you're going to do, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And that's, that's like that fine balance to be like, I, I trust you, but you're gonna have to help me trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things, you know, while we're talking about faith, because for me too, it's been very shaky. I've had very shaky moments. I, I don't want to sound like, oh, I have it all figured out. Let's just, oh, just yeah, no. God, it's great. <laughs> no, I have a lot of moments of serious doubt and questioning. And um, the one thing I've, I've said this on our podcast before, and it's just what's really kind of bouncing around in my head right now is complaining to God is an act of worship. 
Complaining about God is rebellion and it's a sin. When you're taking that to God, A, he already knows. It's not a secret to him that you're frustrated with him. When you're taking that to him, you're able to then lay it at his feet. You're able to give it to something that is going to actually be able to do something about it. But when you're just holding it in and like, oh, I don't want to complain to God because I don't want to sound ungrateful. I don't think it does us any good. And it doesn't, it certainly doesn't build our relationship with him any deeper. Yeah. I've had friends who have been so gracious to tell me, well, first of all, that they like the bigger hope things that you just don't want to hope for because you don't want to get disappointed. They have said like, we'll carry those for you for now. Yeah. Like yeah. we're doing the hoping oh, for so you. Good. Yeah. But then they also tell me, but God is big enough for you to wrestle with him on these things. Like yeah. you're not going to hurt his feelings if you have to say, I don't know. I don't know. Like you have to help me believe right now. You have to help me do this because it's not in me on my own. Yeah. Big enough for that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I I was talking again, therapist, (laughs) I was talking to my therapist and, um, it's so funny. She's a, I didn't go to her specifically because she was a Christian counselor. I think Christian counseling is great. I went to her because she specializes in caregiver stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but through our conversations, I figured out she is a Christian. So that's kind of helped our conversations as well. But sure. um, I was talking to her and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I try to look for the little things that God's done. Da, 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 da. She's like, how about you just throw the gratitude journal out with a sec- the window for a second? Like you seem <laughs> like a thankful person, but just if you're journaling, like tell God what sucks, what's just yeah. unfair. Like again, it's that conversation. He's he's big enough to handle it, um, and he's not going to run away from your drama or troubles or whatever you yeah. bring to him. Yeah, if you're willing to tell it to your therapist, <laughs> right? Exactly. You should be willing so to true. tell it to God. <laughs> yeah. So true. It's so true. But it's in in our mind again. That's the. Yeah. the downside of growing up in church especially is like, well, I I can't complain to you. But if you look through the Bible, like David lamented over and over and over again. I sometimes have to remind myself, learn how to lament, learn how to, in the end say, yeah, God is still good. But also all of this is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's been the, the most helpful thing my friends have done for me too, is agreeing that this sucks, like not just trying to look on the bright side, not giving me Christianese, not saying, oh, it's all going to be better in the end, but to have somebody else just agree with you. So you don't feel like a crazy person. Like, am I the only person who feels like this is a really horrible situation, but just having other people be like, yeah, no, this is really bad. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. If you have a friend in your life, who's going through something really hard, the best friend advice I can give you is just to say, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Like that's it. That's yeah. all you have to say. And it's this immediate, like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. Yeah. My faith isn't being called into question or, okay, I'm not doubting. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It's yeah. just, this is hard and you're agreeing with me. And I know you're going to be there for me because you're admitting that this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of that. I think it's Jason Gray song um, where he says, I know someday, I know somehow I'll be okay, but not right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard him sing it on your guys' show for the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to go find that because it, you, and it's not a one-time thing. Like 
especially when you're going through these long-term stressful situations, you'll, you'll have, you know, where things get a little bit lighter and then they sink deeper again. And that's when you, I come back to that, you know, like, okay, I know someday, I know somehow I'll be okay, but right now it's okay for me to not be. Yeah. And to have friends in your life that aren't just being like, it'll be okay. Dust yourself yeah. off. It's fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. No, just to come alongside you and be like, nope, it's, it's not okay. You're yeah, right. We'll, we'll sit in these ashes with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate to end this conversation because I feel like we could go on talking forever. I know. <laughs> but I think that hopefully we've given people some things to chew on. If you guys have questions specifically about, you know, caregivers or long-term stress or that sort of thing, I would love for you guys to put them in the Facebook group or contact me on Instagram. I don't know, Becca, you want people to contact you? Yeah. No, absolutely. I love it. It's uh, B-E-K-A-H-E-A-K-E-R. And I, I really don't get tired of people being like, I'm a caregiver too. And it's stressful. And I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, and we will have, we'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes so people can find you really easily. But as we wrap up the show and start to move to a different part of it, do you want to tell us, I don't even know if there is for you, but what does a typical day look like for you? A typical day when Joey is not in the hospital because my life is very atypical, Uh, but I set four alarms in the morning. The first one goes off at 2.15. Oh my gosh. Person, I have trouble getting up. I don't have to be out of bed till 4.15, but that's how long it takes me to really (laughs) get to the fact that I have to get out of bed. So 4.15, I get out of bed, um, take a quick shower, head to work, um, 5 a.m. I'm uh, get to work prep news. That's kind of my main solo responsibility on the show. Do the show from six to ten. Ten to ten thirty, we tape our aftercast, which is kind of more of the relaxed version of our show. Yeah. And then my from the, yes, that's what she said. She's like, I love that part because it's just you guys spouting off. Sometimes it's ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes it leads to yeah. some good conversations. It's just uh, real stuff. It's the yeah, real exactly. Day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And then from there, I have the fun job. So some days it's going to Walmart to buy props for a game. Sometimes it's cutting up audio or video or building a web post. I love to write. So that's one of the parts of my job I enjoy. Um, By one or two, I'm home. I am taking care of the dogs, doing things around the house, um, getting together with friends. A lot of my friends are stay-at-home moms or business owners. So I get to have a lot of fun during the day with them, which I absolutely love. And I'm yeah. sorry if you're hearing the dogs barking. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Um, and then from there, typically, uh, evenings are pretty much reserved on a weekday for relaxing with my husband, uh, having some chill time because we could both use it. Yeah. And then I am in bed by nine at the very latest. Yeah. I, I would think you would have to be, <laughs> to not be comatose. That's amazing. You morning show people. Wow. I know it's, and, it's crazy. And I've even been doing like a morning show, but not like you do. So <laughs> it's a different thing. It's, it's not. And I, I, everyone's like, I don't know how you do it. It's easier when you get in a routine, yeah. but also I still struggle obviously yeah. by the amount of alarms I set. That's hilarious. Okay. What is one little thing? I mean, we've kind of talked about this on the show already, but what is one little thing you are doing to cultivate loveliness in your life right now? 
Man, just especially after our conversation on this, I just have to go with doing whatever I can to build community because yeah. that is just about the only thing that's keeping me sane. And I know that that's not unique to your podcast. I know other people have mentioned Marco Polo, oh, uh, yeah. like we've talked about, but it is the thing that was missing for a long time in this journey yeah. and the thing that I realized I was so, so thirsty for. I told someone that, you know, my husband without a stomach has to take a lot of vitamins and my friendships yeah. are my vitamins. I can survive without them, but I'd prefer not to. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That is a great way of putting it. I love that. Mine is, well, not exactly the same, but it does have to do with people and community. And I, my daughter is at um, the same elementary school that she was at last year, but I just had some reservations and lack of time. Not that I have any more time this year, but I didn't want to like fully get invested in this school and like get involved in the PTO and be volunteering for things because I just, I'm always waiting for the other foot to drop. Like what, yeah. when is something going to change? When is she not going to be here anymore? But I just decided, you know what? I, I am typically the kind of person who gets really involved with stuff and I want to be involved in this community. And so like I'm helping with her cross country team and I'm going to go to the PTO meeting tonight and I'm going to, I'm going to start, I mean, I'm not going to be at the school every day. I do have to like provide, for <laughs> but just making those little steps to like get to know more of the moms and, and, and really get ourselves established there, whatever may come, like trying to invest regardless. And it's kind of a faith step for me. Like, okay, God, I hope this isn't, you know, for nothing. Um, but, but it's been really fun. We had our first day of cross country yesterday when the coach asked me if I would help. My first response was, do I have to run? <laughs> I will not be doing that, no. but I can facilitate other smaller people running. So you know, and it was a ton of fun and getting to see my daughter, you know, be involved with it. I've always been involved with her ballet and stuff like that. So, so that's what I'm doing right now. And I love that because it, you know, we talked, there's similarities in both of our stories and just kind of how life goes, but being able to make commitments, it's so scary. It's it so scary. And then you yeah. do it and you're like, oh, okay. I, I, I think I'm going to be okay. This is a good thing. I'm really glad I'm investing in this. Yeah. Yeah. And even when, I mean, there have been things up in the air. I, I found out um, my, my ex is not even allowing my daughter to do cross country when oh. he has her. And so I'm going to be there without my kid. <laughs> like, Gosh. I'm showing up anyway, you know, but it's like, even though I knew there could be that part of it, like still deciding to be a part of it and make the most of it. Yeah. You just, you got to do what you can with what you're given. Absolutely. So. All right. Are you ready for my stock questions? Yes, I think so. I hope so. Let me brace myself. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. I haven't gotten into essential oils. I know I should. Everyone says that. It's not going to heal my husband. Please don't tell me that. No. But <laughs> candles. You just need to lay hands and he'll be fine. <laughs> yes. My brother has had that happen before and it's like, really? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure it's great for like colds and stuff, but not yes. for like missing organs. Yes. <laughs> A little different. Um, okay, cloth napkins or paper? Paper. Yep. I'm such a millennial. It's bad. <laughs> City or country? City. I man, I wish that I could say country, but I think that my fear of being kidnapped <laughs> from living in the country. City. Yes. Okay. Paper or digital? Uh, digital for sure. Okay. But Shop I appreciate paper. Yes. Okay. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? 
online all day long. I would rather <laughs> I would rather buy things in three different sizes online and return to them <laughs> than step foot in a store to try them on. That's so funny. Well, and okay, this is a total side note, but I have to put this in there. I was listening to the aftercast today and I saw the new picture for the aftercast. Yes. Okay, everyone should know Becca is six foot, right? Yep. Okay. Was everyone else standing on boxes? I, I'm trying to remember what specific picture it is, but that does sound right. There are a lot of things we did to make me not look like a behemoth because now everyone on the show is at least six inches shorter than I am. I was laughing. I was like, wait a minute. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. We did a lot of, uh, kind of creative, more fun. Everyone's on the same level poses. That's funny. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music, which is ironic because I host a podcast and I'm on a podcast right now, but I got to get some dancing going in the kitchen. Ah, yeah. So what kind of music would you listen to? Ooh, all sorts. Uh, I have very eclectic taste. I'm a total pop princess. Like I just love <laughs> me some top 40s. I, I, I love my Christian music. I work in Christian music too, but definitely a mix of different genres. In, okay. in those categories. All right. Chocolate, milk or dark? Milk. Okay. Sports or no sports? Uh, I appreciate sports. I'm not okay. anti-sports. Um, right. I played sports and I like watching baseball, but I'm really glad I don't live in a football household. Okay. Live broadcasting. This is kind of silly, but <laughs> would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. Okay. Yep. Figured as much, but yeah, you know, one of the questions. Okay, what is your favorite movie? Oh, I love uh, Morning Glory with Rachel uh, McAdams. Oh, yeah, Harrison Ford. It's such a random chick flick, but it may be because of my career because in the movie she yeah. works television. I have seen that movie dozens of times and could literally go watch it now and not be sick of it. Oh, cute. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, (laughs) where would you be on the spectrum? I would say I'm a one and a half. Okay. I will buy organic when it's not crazy expensive and I will try my best to recycle and those kinds of things, but I'm not making my own granola. All right. I love that honest answer. Not many people give that answer. No, it's so bad. Like everybody says six. Oh man. Oh man. I feel like a bad person now. No, it's just because I, I truly believe this. It's like most people have this skewed perspective of what they are in comparison to other people. Sure. And, and the answer they want to give. And most people want to be like just above middle ground. <laughs> so no. like, everybody says six. I have areas to improve for sure. For sure. And I not tr- I don't try to be wasteful because I know that, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a bad steward. Yeah. But I, um, I prefer convenience a lot of times. Yes. Okay. Well, Becca. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a great conversation. I'm so glad you came on. Thank you so much for having me. This was seriously a delight. Uh, We talked about this before we started, but it's a crazy week at work. Yeah. And Mackenzie's like, I can't believe you're coming on. I'm like, no, this is a delight. I'm looking forward to this. And like I said, you are a delight. When I met you in person, you're just one of those people that just stuck out. And I genuinely have enjoyed doing this. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. And we will all be wishing the best of luck and prayers for Joey and you for this to, you know, be over at some point. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Getting there. Yep. All right. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, it was such a blast to be able to talk with Becca. And I know that might sound funny because we talked about some really deep things, but we got to talk about Marco Polo and some other fun things like that too, which I so enjoyed with Becca. We have gotten to behind the scenes, share a few of those Marco Polo conversations, which have just been such a blessing to me. And even though we are both going through these dark things, I really hope that you're able to see that sometimes it's those little goofy things that help you to get through the harder, longer standing issues that you are facing. So if you want the show notes to this episode, be sure to head over to boldturquoise.com slash 135. That's where you can find this episode. And you guys, did you know that we are now available on all the places that you can get podcasts? So iHeartRadio, I believe we're on Spotify. We're on like all the places. So if you are still looking for a great place to sink in and be able to listen to your podcast, you can check out all those different apps and you should be able to find us there. So tell your friends, get them involved in the show. We would love to have more and more people involved and to just grow this community bigger and bigger. And hey, while you're checking out all those apps, if you want to leave some reviews, especially in iTunes, that would be a really big deal. You know, a lot of moms are spending a lot of time in their cars in this back school season where they're running kids from thing to thing and I know that a lot of people are listening to podcasts and so what better way to help other people find this podcast than leave a rating and review so that iTunes will suggest it to them it's really quick only takes about two minutes just search for cultivating the lovely on iTunes and leave a five-star review and a quick little one sentence about why you love the show you might even hear your review on the show soon all right ladies I think that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, go be bold and gracious.